Welcome to New Life Assembly of God Media Ministry. We are glad that you are here. We believe the Word of God is relevant and life-changing, and we hope you can be blessed by this message. To join us, but this is the last message in uh, the series Unchanging God in an Ever-Changing World, and today's message is titled God is Always Working. We've talked about how God is always hearing, God is always seeing, amen, and now God is always working. Praise the Lord. I read what was introduced as a true story about a pastor who had a kitten that climbed up a tree in his backyard. And the, cat, the kitten was too high for him to reach, and the cat was screaming its head off, you know, just crying, 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 but he couldn't reach it. And the tree was too weak for him to climb to get the kitten. So he began to think, what on earth could he do to rescue this kitten? So eventually he thought about tying a rope around the tree, attaching the rope to his vehicle, and backing up the vehicle sufficiently that the tree would bend, so that he could rescue the cat. Well, everything was going well. He started to, to, to move his vehicle and the tree started to bend, but all of a sudden the rope broke and the cat went airborne. All he saw was this poor little kitten flying through the air. And he felt so bad and he went around the whole neighborhood looking to see if he could find this kitten, but nothing, nothing. And so he eventually said, he just prayed, Lord, I commit this kitten into your keeping because there's nothing I can do. So he went about his way. And a few days later, he was in the grocery store and he ran into a lady by the name of Melissa Jefferson, who happened to be a member of his church. And as he was talking to her, he glanced down into her shopping cart and he was amazed to see she had a bag of cat food because he knew she hated cats. And so he asked her, why are you buying cat food, Melissa, when you hate cats so much? And she replied, pastor, you won't believe this. And she began to tell him how her little girl, Megan, had been begging and begging and begging for some time to get a kitten, but she hated cats, so she kept refusing. Then a few days before, her little girl came and begged her again, please, mommy, please, mommy. So finally, her mother told her, well, Megan, if God gives you a cat from heaven, I'll let you keep it. Well, at this point, you're already guessing the end of the story, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you. So Melissa told the pastor, I watched my little girl go out in the front yard, get down on her knees and begin to pray and say, God. Mommy said, if you would give me a cat from heaven, I could have it. So Lord, I'm asking you to give me a cat. And Melissa said, pastor, you won't believe what happened next. She said, the only reason I believe it is because I saw it with my own eyes. She said, suddenly after she prayed, a kitten came flying out of the blue sky with its paws spread out and landed right in front of my daughter. Folks. God is always working, even when we don't see or understand his ways. Amen. In John 5, 17, Jesus said, my father is always working and so am I. Hallelujah. God is always working. Not occasionally, not sometimes, but always. God is always working. 
God is never idle. God is never inactive. God never takes a vacation. God never takes a day off. God is never lazy. Amen. He is always active. He is always working. And this is something that we need to be reminded of because we've all had times when we have been facing situations in life that we have been praying and praying and praying and time keeps going and we don't see anything happening. Have you ever been there? I know I have. I'll put both hands up. Amen. I'll even put my feet up because I've been there. Amen. Times when you've been praying and praying and praying, you don't see the situation changing. You don't see the answer coming. Uh, and we see this even throughout the Bible. I mean, when Abraham and Sarah had a promise from God that they would have a son and they were believing and they were looking for it and year after year after year passed and it was 25 years before Sarah finally got pregnant and God fulfilled his promise. But God was working all that time. Even in Joseph's life, God was working. Remember, Joseph is 17 years old. He gets a vision from God that he's going to be a leader. And even his brothers and parents are going to bow down to him. Rushed out to tell his brothers because he probably thought it was going to happen tomorrow. But you know what? He told his brothers. They got enraged with jealousy. They almost killed him. But they were persuaded by one brother instead of killing him to sell him into slavery. And so they sold him to a, a caravan that was on its way to Egypt. And they took him to Egypt. And, and he uh, was working for a man named Potiphar. Got falsely accused of rape by his wife. Got thrown into prison. I mean, it just seemed to be going from bad to worse. And it's kind of like after all this time, God, where are you? And, and, and Joseph would be almost... 30 before he started to see the will of God, the promise of God come to fruition. And you look even with Jesus, you know, Jesus was betrayed by Judas. And you say, God, how could that happen? Judas was one of his, his inner circle, one of the 12 disciples. But you know what? God was working through Judas. And when Jesus hung on the cross, and when Jesus' body lay in the tomb for three days, guess what? God was working to save the world. God is always working, even when we cannot see it, even when we cannot understand it. And that's why Paul reminds us as believers that we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Y'all get an A plus today. But today I want to look at several principles about how God works that will help us to walk by faith even when we cannot see God at work. The first thing I want to see is God is working. God's working is often unseen because it is behind the scenes. God's working is often unseen because it's behind the scenes. God has a plan that is beyond what we can see or comprehend. You know, we can see this truth illustrated in the lives of God's people throughout Scripture. I mentioned Joseph a moment ago, and, and his story is probably one of the clearest examples. Uh, as I said, God gave Joseph these dreams that he was going to be in leadership, that he was going to be a man of great power. He was excited. He went out and told his brothers about what God had revealed to him, but his brothers were not happy for him. They sold him into slavery, and that one act that seemed like one of the worst things that could happen to him changed the trajectory 
trajectory of his life. He was carried to Egypt where he was brought, bought by a government official, Potiphar, uh, who I said, uh, as I said earlier, his wife falsely accused him of rape and he was thrown into prison. And it looked like things were just getting darker and darker. His life was getting more difficult. And the Bible doesn't tell us uh, that, that uh, what Joseph was feeling during this time. But you know what? Joseph was human. So put yourself in Joseph's shoes for a minute and imagine what he must have felt. He has this great dream. He is at a spiritual high. And then in the very next breath almost, he is sold into slavery and he is uh, uh, carried to Egypt. And it just seems like with every step, he's getting further and further away from the promise of God being fulfilled in his life. He probably felt like, what is happening, God? What about the dream you gave me? Something must have gone terribly wrong. Uh, uh, This is not supposed to be happening to me, God. Where are you? Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you working? But the fact is that God was doing something. That God used even the jealousy and anger of his brothers. God used a caravan on its way to Egypt. God used the false accusation of Potiphar's wife. God was working in all of that to take Joseph to the fulfillment of his destiny for his life. Amen? I like something that the author and speaker, Paul D'Arcy, writes. He said, God comes to you disguised as your life. I want that to settle in in a moment. God comes to you disguised as your life. You know, what he's meaning is, you know, sometimes we're looking for these spectacular revelations of God's hand at work, right? When God is actually working in the mundane details of our everyday life to fulfill his good plan and purpose for us. The point is that as believers, God is always present. God is always working in the day-to-day happenings of our daily life to accomplish his good will and purpose. We're looking for the end result. We're looking for the answer to what we're praying for. We're looking for the fulfillment of the promise God has given us. But because we don't see the end result, we doubt and we question, where are you, God? Why aren't you working? Well, the end result will come, but there's a whole lot of details in the meantime that God has to work in to bring about that end result. Amen? But we think God's not working because we're just looking for that end result. But child of God, God is always working. Amen? He is present and he's at work in the mundane, common outworking of our daily life working behind the scenes. He's orchestrating the circumstances to move us into the place where he wants us to fulfill his purpose for our life. Now, from the human perspective, it seemed as though Joseph's life took what appeared to be a wrong turn. But they weren't wrong turns. They were right turns. They were essential to move Joseph to just the right place at just the right time to fulfill the dreams and the destiny that God had for Joseph. The problem is trusting God when we can't see him at work. The problem is trusting God when we think our life has taken a wrong turn. And we can't trust God enough to know that he is working in every turn of our life. And because he's working on our behalf, whatever seems like a wrong turn will really end up being a right turn because God is working for us. Amen. But our limited vision 
hinders us from seeing God at work behind the scenes, but faith trusts that he is. Often God is working behind the scenes in order to help develop our spiritual eyes. We want to see and understand everything that God is doing in real time. We want to see it as it is happening. But God doesn't work that way. We wouldn't need faith if we could see and understand everything that God was doing in the moment. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Amen? That's what faith is. If we can see it moment by moment as God is working, we don't need faith. And so God works behind the scenes to develop our spiritual sight. God is calling us to walk by faith and not by sight. No matter what is happening in the natural, we need to trust that God is working even when we cannot see it, even when we cannot feel it. We need to trust that God is fighting our battle and that he has guaranteed the victory. Amen. We need to trust that God is working in the details, that God is arranging everything in our favor, and that God is making a way where there is no way, even when we can't see the way. Amen? We need to stand in faith on Romans 8, 28. This is one of my favorite verses. You need to underline it. You need to circle it. You need to highlight it. You need to memorize it. Amen? And we know. Do you really know it? And we know that in some things, things. turn to your neighbor and say all things. things. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Amen. We got to know that like the old country preacher said, we got to know that in our knower. We got to know it deep down inside. Amen. Not just with our mind, not just able to quote the verse, but we got to know it in here and say, God, even though I can't see it, even though I don't understand it, I know that you are working in all things. And you know what? God will reveal his work to you at the right time. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is working. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, God is working. Amen. A second principle. God's working means that what didn't work out for you really worked out for you. Let that settle in once again. God's working means that what didn't work out for you actually worked out for you. Look at Romans 8, 28. God is working in all things. Even in that stuff that didn't seem to work out for you, God was right there working in it. So even though it seemed it didn't work out for you, God is working in it to make it work out for you. Amen? Praise the Lord. God is working even when evil seems to be winning. Evil seemed to be prevailing when Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, when Potiphar's wife falsely accused him of rape and he ended up in prison. But those were the facts. 
But the truth is that God worked through his brother's betrayal. God worked through Potiphar's wife's false accusation to move Joseph into the place for the fulfillment of his divine will and purpose. Evil seemed to be prevailing when Judas betrayed Jesus to his enemies and they nailed him to the cross. But those were the facts. The truth is that God used Judas's betrayal and the hatred of the religious leaders to fulfill God's saving purpose for the world. If Judas had not betrayed him, if the religious leaders had not hated him and plotted to kill him, we would not be saved today. Amen? God was working even when evil seemed to be winning. We need to realize that even when people betray us, mistreat us, falsely accuse us, or take advantage of us, if we have trusted our life to God, and if we are walking in obedience to Him, He will use even the evil that others do to us for, his, for our good and His glory. Amen? But too often we look at the facts rather than trusting the truth. We look at the facts of what is happening. And we question, where are you, God? Why aren't you working? Why aren't you doing something? But we need to look away from the facts and keep our eyes on the truth. God is working in all things. Even when I can't see it, he is working in all things. Even when things go from bad to worse, he is working in all things. Even when everything seems to be against us, God is working in all things. That's the truth. Look away from the facts and keep your eyes on the truth. Hallelujah. God is working to turn the evil for our good and his glory. Later in Joseph's life, after he had been promoted to prime minister or equivalent thereof in Egypt, um, God supernaturally enabled him. This is what brought him to that position of promotion is when God supernaturally enabled him to interpret a dream that no one else could interpret, telling Pharaoh that God had revealed that there were going to be seven years of prosperity, seven years of extreme famine. And then God gave Joseph the wisdom to set out a plan to store up as much grain as they could during the seven years of abundance so that they would have sufficient supplies during the seven years of famine. And so that's what Joseph got promoted. He got put over that entire program. And during the seven years of famine, anybody who wanted to buy grain from the surrounding nations, they had to go through Joseph. They had to come to Joseph. So when the famine hit and Joseph's family was starving, the only place in that uh, region of the world that had food, that had grain, was in Egypt. So his brothers had to travel to Egypt and guess who they had to ask to buy grain from? Joseph. And they had to bow down before Joseph, just like the dream. Amen. They didn't initially recognize him. But later on, when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, what did he say? He said, but as for you, you meant evil against me. But God, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day, to save many people alive. Folks, no matter what anybody does to you, you can trust that there's gonna be a but God. He's gonna take whatever evil has been fashioned against you and he's gonna turn it around for good. Hallelujah. But while we're saying amen, I want you to remember, it took years for that turnaround to be made visible. God was working all along, but before it became visible, it took about 
13 plus seven, about 20 years. 13 years till he got to his promotion, seven years of abundance, and then the seven years of famine. So it would be around 20 years. So it took about 20 years plus for that to become visible, amen? But God was working from day one. God was working from when Joseph was sold into slavery to get him to where he needed to be. We are so focused on the end result, folks. And because we don't see the end result, we think God is not working. But if we have trusted our lives to him and we are walking in obedience to him, even in the hard times, even in the times of testing and temptation, we can be confident that God is working on our behalf. And God will take even what the enemy meant for evil and he will turn it for our good. But not only for our good, for his glory as well. Joseph said, God did this to save the lives of many people. Similarly, we see that Satan filled Judas's heart to betray Jesus into the hands of his enemies. But God used Judas's betrayal and the evil of the religious leader's hatred to glorify Jesus and to save many people from their sins. Even in the darkest of circumstances, God is working. Even in the most difficult of circumstances, God is working on your behalf. He's working on my behalf and he's working redemptively. He's working for you because he wants to work through you to touch the lives of others and bring salvation to them. Amen. You may not be able to see him at work at this moment, but stand in faith that he is working on your behalf. He is working for your good and that he will bring about the fulfillment of his purpose for your life and for his glory. A third principle, God is working in your waiting even if you don't feel anything is happening. God is working in your waiting even if you don't feel anything is happening. When God doesn't work in our time or our way, we think he's not working, but he is working. And often while we're waiting for the manifestation of the answer, he is not only working in circumstances to bring about the answer, he's working in us, inside of us. You know, we tend to be a whole lot like children. Have you ever noticed that kids are very impatient and they hate waiting for anything? If your child wants something and you say, not now, Many times they will get angry, they'll get frustrated. If they're a little one, they may throw a temper tantrum. Uh, if they're older, they may beg, they may plead, they may pout, and they may remind you a hundred times, you said not now, when, 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 when. But that same impatience that we see in children tends to follow us into adulthood even though we learn to control and camouflage it a little bit better, but we still find ourselves very impatient and sometimes we throw tantrums with God. God, I want it now. Why aren't you doing it now? Lord, I'm not gonna serve you if you don't do it now. Hallelujah. No one here. I know it's all the folks at the church down the street, amen. But we see it with the people of Israel at Mount Sinai. While Moses is on the mountain talking to God for 40 days, what happened? They got impatient in the valley below, in the shadow of his presence. They got impatient. 
And, and, and they said to Aaron, here, take our jewelry and make us a God that we can worship, a God that we can see with our physical eyes. Because we can't see the God that is talking to Moses up there. We want something we can see with our physical eyes. So they had Moses, they had Moses' brother Aaron to make them a golden calf, and they began to dance around it and worship. And they said, This is the, the God that's going to lead us up into the promised land. Of course, we know the result of all of that is that God got angry with them, and many of them ended up dying. But the point is that God works on his schedule and in his way, and his work is not always visible to us in the moment. Like someone said. I always seem to be in a hurry, and God is not. That's right. Amen? Amen? God has a perfect timing in everything that he does. And at his appointed time, he's working, but at his appointed time, he will make his work visible to us. In the meantime, he calls us to wait upon him. And wait doesn't mean do nothing. Wait is not passive, it's active. It means to continue to trust, to continue to pray, to continue to seek, to continue to believe, continue to expect. Amen? One writer said there's actually something happening while nothing is happening because God uses waiting to change us. I love that. There's actually something happening when nothing is happening because God uses waiting to change us. God wants us to surrender our demanding, childish, selfish selves to him. He wants us to lay down our plans and our schedules and say, Lord, it's in your hands. I trust you. And the difficult and uncomfortable place of waiting while God is seemingly silent is God's most effective means to free us of our fleshly impatience, demanding, selfish, fleshly nature. God is working while you are waiting. We are waiting, often impatiently, for the end result that we desire. We're waiting for the fulfillment of his promise. We're waiting for the miracle. We're waiting for the answer to our prayer. We're waiting for our breakthrough. We're waiting for our healing. We're waiting for our victory. We're waiting to see that come to pass. Like Joseph looking for the fulfillment of his dreams. God gave him the dream at 17. He wouldn't see the fulfillment till 30. But thankfully, he waited on the Lord. He trusted God. He walked in faith. But we don't realize all the details that God has to work out behind the scenes before what we're waiting for takes place. I want everybody to do this. Put both your hands out in front of you. Put your thumbs together. Okay? Your thumbs represent what you're waiting for. Your healing, your victory, your breakthrough, the answer to your prayer, okay? Now separate your thumbs for a moment. Keep your hands in front of you. What you don't realize is before this happens, this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen, to put everything in place for this to happen, amen? So because this has not happened, we say, God, you're not working. God, you're not hearing my prayers. God, you're not doing anything. But God says to us, I'm always working. I'm doing this. I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, so that this can take place, folks. Jesus said, God is always working. 
God was moving the people and circumstances in place to position Joseph for the fulfillment of the dream he had given him. John Piper, a theologian, writes, God is always doing 10,000 things while we're only aware of three of them. God is always doing 10,000 things while we're only aware of three of them. We only see a very small percentage of what God is doing and often what we see at the moment doesn't make sense to us. We wonder how could God be allowing all of this to happen? Or, or how could he possibly bring any good out of these bad circumstances? But God is God and we are not. God is God and we are not. No matter where you are in life, if you have trusted yourself to God and are walking in obedience to him, you can know, you can be confident that God is with you, that God is working on your behalf, that God is doing ten thousands of things that you are not aware of, things that you cannot see, but he is always working. So just trust him, walk in faith and obedience, and you will eventually see how he will work in every circumstance you face for your good and for his glory. I love one of the songs we sing here in worship titled Waymaker. And there's a part of the song that says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Why? Because you are always working. Hallelujah to the name of the Lord. The song goes on to say, you never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Folks, he never stops working. Hallelujah. He doesn't take a day off. He doesn't go on vacation. He doesn't retire. Amen. He is always working. God is always working on behalf of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So just keep loving him. Just keep walking by faith. Just keep seeking to do his will. And you can be confident that God is working on your behalf. But the first step to having the confidence of knowing that God is working on your behalf is to enter into relationship with him. You know, the Bible says that we are all sinners and that sin has separated us from God. It has broken our relationship with God. That's the whole reason that Jesus left heaven, came to earth, lived a sinless life and offered his perfect life on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins, paying the penalty that we deserve. So that when we repent of our sins, and the word repent simply means to make a U-turn. You recognize you've been heading in the wrong direction, living life your way, not God's way. And you don't want to live that way any longer. You make a U-turn. You say, God, forgive me. I want to live for you. And when we repent and place our faith in Jesus as our Savior, that very moment we are forgiven. We are brought into right relationship with God. And we begin that journey of faith to live for God, trusting him with our life and believing and knowing that he is working in all things for our good. Would you bow your heads with me if you're here today and you would say, pray for me, pastor. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to have a relationship with him so I can have the confidence that no matter what I face, God will be working on my behalf. Or maybe you gave your heart to the Lord some time ago and you drifted away and you would say, pray for me, pastor. I want to come back. 
I want to give my heart back to Jesus. If that's you, either of those categories, you want to come to Jesus for the first time or you want to come back to him. If that's you, would you slip your hand up and say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus or I want to come back to Jesus. I want my sins to be forgiven. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Anyone else? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Amen. If you go ahead and put your hands down. I'm going to lead you guys in a simple prayer. I'm going to ask the whole church to pray with me to encourage those that are praying it for the first time. Would you pray this simple prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. And I believe that you love me so much that you died for my sins. Today, I repent. I turn away from my sinful life. And I turn to you in faith. I confess that I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and I invite you to come live inside of me and help me from this day forward to live for you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time, I want to congratulate you on making the best decision of your life and I want to welcome you to the family of God. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, we want to send you a little e-booklet to help you understand the prayer you prayed and the next steps to take to keep growing in your new relationship with God. But in order to send you that book, we're going to need your email address. So if you wouldn't mind, just text your email address to the number on the screen and we will send you very shortly that little e-booklet free of charge so that you can understand the prayer you just prayed and the steps to take to move forward in your relationship with God. But once again, congratulations to you. Amen. For those of us who have already trusted Christ as our Savior, are you walking by faith or by sight? What are you facing that has made you ask God, where are you, God? Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you working? What have you been praying for? What have you been waiting on for a long time? And it doesn't seem like God is doing anything. If you're in that situation, I want to invite you to come to the altar this morning and surrender it to God. We've all been there. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Just come to this altar and surrender it to God and say, Lord, I trust you that even though I can't see how you're working at the moment, I'm going to stand on your word because Jesus said that you are always working. Amen. So if that's you this morning, would you just slip out and make your way to this altar? We want to pray for you. Would you just come? You've been waiting on God for a long time. You've been wondering, God, why aren't you doing it? anything? Why aren't you working? But today God is calling us to just surrender that to him and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you that you are always working, even when I can't see it, even when I can't feel it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You just talk to God from your heart right now in your own words. You know what brought you to this altar. And I want you to call it by name and I want you to surrender it to God. It may be your husband. You've been waiting for him to be saved. Call, it, call him by name and say, Lord, I give him into your hands. I release him to you and I trust you to work. It may be your job. It may be your finances. It may be your health. Whatever it is, call it by name and surrender it to him right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love each and every person at this altar. I thank you, Lord that as they trust you and seek you, they have your promise that you are working in all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. Father, as we stand before you at this altar, we take those things 
that have burdened our soul that we have been waiting for for so long that sometimes have made us question, have made us doubt, have made us, Lord God, discouraged. We take them right now and we lay them down at your feet. We surrender it to you. We don't know when, we don't know how, we don't know how long it'll take, but we know that you are always working. And so we let go and we're gonna let you do what only you can do. Our eyes are upon you, we place our trust in you, and we are going to wait confidently, believing that you are working even when we can't see it. And by faith, we believe you for the completion of the good work that you've already begun. Give an assurance to each and every one of these hearts today that you are working. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us today. If you were blessed by this message, would you consider giving a gift to help support our ministry? You can text any amount to 954-516-1522. That's 954-516-1522. Thank you, and we hope you will join us again.